It's July 6, 2022. Welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. And of course, we'll jump right into our conversation and we're talking about uh, producing music in the COVID years with a band called Bruise. And of course, we'll get into the introduction shortly. I'd like to welcome the guys from Bruise. It's Chaz Umamoto and he's formerly of Streetlight Cadence and and Josh Stevens, uh, and they're here to talk about their new album, Good Catch. And I want to welcome you both to Bite Marks Cafe. Hey, how's it? Hey. So what? Thanks uh, for having us on. Yeah. So, Chaz, you've been on the show before. This was a while back. And <clears throat> back then, you were part of uh, Streetlight Cadence. Uh, I don't know. Maybe catch us up with what has happened since then. I mean, what you guys went to the mainland. I know. You, I know you guys played uh, here at Atherton, and and it was uh, it was great fun. And and of course, that was uh, like the the peak of your, uh, I guess, popularity in Hawaii. And then and then of course you guys went off to bigger and better things on the mainland. But what was uh what was that experience like? Oh, it was amazing. I would say that every dream I ever had as a young um, student. You know, dreaming of a music career, I feel like I got to do those things. Um, I, I I lived the dream and I drowned in it in L.A. <laughs> and we're yeah. just so thankful that we, you know, we had so much support from the local community. Um, we were so well embraced and loved, and especially by HPR. You know, we had so many opportunities to perform at Atherton. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we saw the guys at the Perry and Price show often, you know, doing the back tech work and we love Jason and, you know, and you guys would always have us on and the conversation as well. So we just felt so loved and we're, we're big, um, or I'm a really big HPR supporter. I will say that when you guys came out with the app that saved my life, because that was my connection back home. I could listen to HPR on my phone, um, even though I lived in the mainland. Oh, yeah. Um, I also say that, you know, I was in Street Cadence and we, um, you know, played on the sidewalks and then took it to the mainland. And um, I did that for about, gosh, four years of my life. And mm-hmm. um, when we moved to the mainland in 2015, um, we were extremely busy. We just did a lot of work, had a lot of meetings, a lot of sessions and performances. And um, I decided in 2019 to leave the gr- leave the guys mm-hmm. and um, pursue a different career. Um, I wanted to be home with my family and... Um, I just encountered all of these people in L.A. that kind of sat at home and made music, and um, they were living the dream that I wasn't living at the time, and um, I decided I'm, I'm going to figure out how to do that. You know, I know how to tell someone this is how you be an artist. I didn't know how to um, pass on the knowledge of how do you sit at home and pay your bills making music. And so, oh, um, yeah, as we are. Well, that's what I, I yeah I want to hear I want to hear more about that living the dream that you weren't living so you you decided to actually what come back home and figure out how to how to live that dream now tell me how did how did you hook up with Josh how did you guys uh, uh, meet yeah so oh, we I knew Josh because um yeah okay. no go ahead Josh oh yeah we were both in uh, in bands at the time when we first met this was probably back in like 2015, 2016 when we first uh, crossed paths. And um, I was just very attracted to uh, Taz's work ethic and how uh, his attention to detail and branding. So I always had him in mind for wanting to do something with him. 
So, so Josh, I mean, what uh, were you were you playing locally here in Hawaii, or were you also on the mainland? Yeah. So I actually transitioned to music full time as a performing artist around 2017. And um, I was performing all around. We uh, took street like Cadence's Hard Rock Cafe Friday gig every night. And we also were performing at like Maui Brewing Company, who mm-hmm. was. And mm-hmm. we street performed probably three or four days a week. Wow. And then what? Did you, were you on the, in L.A. as well? Nah, never, never uh, took the, the jump to L.A. Always just lived here in Hawaii. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah. so what, Chaz, I mean, when you decided that you wanted to kind of live the dream that everybody else was living and, and decided to go kind of solo, uh, what mm-hmm. were your thoughts on how you would achieve that? Well, I thought, man, um, there's not enough people working on finishing the music. Um, I'd encountered a lot of songwriters being in the band at the time. Um, we had performed a lot, but there was always this missing component of um, people besides myself that were able to just finish the record. And so I would take on the burden a lot of times to run the recording session or get in the studio or produce something, record the guys. And um, I thought if I could do it over again, instead of having a field of writers or the artists, you know, we, the band, were four guys at the time. I thought, man, I'd rather have like a machine shop, a team of producer songwriters um, to work with that would just be specialists in their own area. And so for two years, I tried to make that happen in L.A. I was in writing sessions. I was working with other producers and I was just trying to learn uh, more about the craft and how they did it there. But I was also trying to find like future business partners. And um, one day it just kind of clicked with Josh. I was like, man, here's someone back home that um, might not be at the same place as the people that I'm working with in that present. But Josh had that work ethic that I couldn't find. You know, he was um, communicative, reliable, obsessive, just like me, just like a hard worker who would burn the midnight oil incessantly. And I thought, man, if I get to go home and work with him, like that would be a dream come true because I didn't think I could move home and continue to stay in the music industry the way that I was. Um, and so that was kind of my journey back in mid-2019. So, so Josh, you know, uh, Chaz just mentioned the sort of like the qualities that he uh, was, was pursuing in terms of... Um, producing mm-hmm. and, and finishing. I like the way you said that, Chaz, about finishing. So so with those terms, Josh, I mean, how would you define what finishing means? Um, well, we have a lot of songwriters. We have amazing singers all over Hawaii. But we don't have a lot of people that are obsessed about vocal producing or um, uh, mixing or mastering or any of those post-processes as much as we do as we have songwriters. Ah, I see. So, uh, like you said, I mean, there's a lot of people writing songs, but when it comes down, down to the technicality, uh, technical details of, of producing uh, a song, mm-hmm. uh, those technicians, what, they're, they're not uh, readily available here? Or what's the, I would what's say the gap? A lot of guys don't specialize doing one thing. Where, for example, I specialize in mixing and Chaz specializes in mastering, where we put all our attention and obsess over that one craft 
in that one part of the process. Ah, okay. So, Chaz, I mean, yeah. what is it that you can uh, provide songwriters? Are you are you setting up a studio, or what is it that you can do? Let's say from your you know from your bedroom. Yeah, you know, so like Josh and I both love the craft of songwriting, and we both have very specific focuses as engineers. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I guess what we're able to do is provide our experience um, in writing sessions, in like production sessions that we've done together, we've done with folks on the mainland, um, whether it's remote or in person, pre-COVID or post. And um, yeah, we're, for the most part, just working from home. You know, we have a ton of sessions Mm -hmm. that are over Zoom. Now that things have normalized a bit, we are able to do things in person. So we have been doing a lot of that. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I I do want to kind of get into the the type of music that you want to produce. And and so Mm -hmm. I know I know it's 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 really melodic and and catchy and and we'll play some uh, in, in a bit. But. Uh, we'll we'll kind of hold that thought for now. We'll be br- right back after this short break to continue our conversation with both Chaz Umamoto and Josh Stevens of The Brews. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors, Bavarian Motor Experts, and Chaminade University. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And if you're just joining us, we're talking to Chaz Umamoto and Josh Stevens of the uh, band called Bruise. And, of course, we're talking about producing their new album, Good Catch, and it's done pretty much remotely. And, of course, uh, right before the, the break, you know, we were talking about the, the style of music, I guess, that uh, Chaz and, and Josh, that you guys like to produce. I mean, what is the... What would you consider kind of the genre of music that uh, you folks like to kind of delve into? Oh, we yeah. Um, can I elaborate one, one thing? Oh, that, go ahead. Like, yeah, go ahead, Jeff. You know, we've, we've, we've made this record, right? And it's our name on it, you know, The Brews. And um, our focus is not so much as being artists, but Josh and I, like, just want to um, write and produce music here in the islands with local artists and not really have like a distinctual favorite in terms of style. Mm-hmm. Like we felt the need to make this record um, in order to show, you know, what we were capable of. Um, and um, we were also in, uh, thankfully, a publishing deal that came about during COVID that um, helped us pay our bills. And so I just want to mention that, yeah, like we, we did make this album, but that's not necessarily the music we want to um make for everyone it was just kind of like our pet project with our publisher yeah yeah and and josh i mean what were, were you uh what were you saying about uh, the the kind of the the music that uh, draws your attention oh i was i was gonna basically touch on exactly what Chad was talking about is we're not necessarily um strictly trying to just do the genre with our different clients this is just um yeah a pet project we did with our publisher and so, uh, before we get into some of the, you know, the actual artists and musicians that uh, you collaborated with, how did you guys come up with the name Brews? I mean, a lot of the branding revolves around drinking coffee, so I figure you guys are what, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, special special coffee drinkers. 
Yeah, we're we're little coffee snobs, you know. Like we have to start our work days with good coffee. You know, when we go away to work with other people, we always need to go to a really good coffee shop. And, and so um, the branding revolves around this idea that um, there's third wave coffee shops, right? Like mm-hmm. the Curb here in Kaimuki or Tri Coffee in the Kakako area. And, you know, we're willing to pay um, a lot of money for a cup of coffee, right? You could go to McDonald's and get like that really cheap cup of coffee, or you could go to Tri Coffee or Curb and you're buying like a six, $7 pour over. And um, I had always thought when I was touring in Japan or when I was living in LA, like this was a part of our life. We would just buy expensive coffee um, because we appreciated the culture, we appreciated the process, the sourcing of that coffee. And I had always thought when I still lived in the mainland, um, I wish we treated our music like that. I wish we treated it like a high commodity mm-hmm. um, versus something we made so so easily. I'm not saying that about um, other people, but I'm definitely critiquing myself when I say that. Um, so when I started working with Josh, you know, that was definitely an emphasis that um, we want to treat music from a craftsmanship point of view, like artisans, like the Japanese family that's been making sake for like 10 generations, you know, and they <laughs> right. their lives to it, you know? Yeah, you know, I, I, I kind of get that sense when I see some of the posts that you guys do on, uh, on Instagram. I mean, it does have that, that flavor of uh, branding and, and sort of that art, artisan feel to it. In fact, I think uh, you guys do a pretty good job on, on social media. Who's, uh, who's your social media person? Um, I guess I'm doing it. I'm, I'm honestly like dying. I like, I haven't had to do stuff like that since I was in the band through like Aiden. Um, and so if anyone out there wants to help us, uh, you, <laughs> you give us a call, you let us know, you know, but, um, I love branding. I love like doing like, you know, three month period marketing campaigns. You know, I like strategic things like that, but, um, to be very transparent and fair, it's like, thank you for that. Um, I don't think I'm doing a great job, but I'm glad you appreciate it. Well, yes, yeah, I do. I do. You know, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Josh, tell me. I mean, the uh, the album "Good Catch." I mean, what what is the what would you how would you describe the composition of that? Is it is it you guys playing? Is it guests playing? I mean, I know there's a lot of featured okay. artists on it. Uh, yeah. How's it, how does it come together? So the the whole uh, the whole record was written and produced by Chaz and I. We do have a few um, collaborators for writers, but the whole thing was written and produced by Chaz and myself. Um, but we wanted to just make our favorite summer jam, hip-hop, pop records with all of our favorite local artists on it. We have a ton of people on it. We have um, uh, Becca, we have, uh, who's a former K-pop star. We have Monarch of Crossing Rain. We have Kaylana, uh, Devin Chef. Haley of Ragamuffs, just a ton of amazing artists on there. And and where are <laughs> where are is everybody playing these days? I mean, of course, you know I gotta I don't you know I gotta give away my age, but you know I mean I I used to go to clubs and stuff, but uh, where are all these musicians? Where do they hang out? Jazz. Um, I think the majority of artists now, you know, make a living entertaining in restaurants you know like even josh and my band mm-hmm. did that you know um as we were growing and so yeah i think you'll find them at your local hotel restaurant or bar 
or a fine dining restaurant, um, Merryman's, Mai Tai's, um, yeah, Moku Kitchen, like wherever. And then occasionally you'll see them at, you know, in concert, they'll put together shows at like Point Brian's or the Blue Note, um, Workplay, I know is a, a good good jam, you know, if, you're, mm-hmm. if they have an event. Yeah. So, so Chaz, I mean, when you when you start to conceptualize uh, the putting together of a, of a song you and Josh wrote, I mean, how do you how do you do it without having to necessarily all go into a studio? What's the what's the secret sauce to the the kinds of technology that comes to comes to mind when you want to put something together kind of remotely? Um. I think a lot of people don't know this about when I was in Sri Lanka Cadence, but um, I very much treated that as a startup tech business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I mentioned that on Bite Marks, you know, when you had me on last with John Yamasato. Mm-hmm. And so when we were doing this, like Josh and I had already had the tools to work remotely and be highly organized. And so some of the things that we use on the day to day, like our secret is like Slack or Basecamp. You know, Zoom, um, Box.com for online storage. And um, Josh and I would um, meet on Zoom or over the phone, and we would start with these concepts. Um, we would always start with the concept of the song, um, whether it's a title or, like, we kind of treat, like, the, the course of every song, like a one-bullet-point um, one thesis, you know, with a thesis statement. And we would just try to find the song in those, you know, those one-liners. Mm-hmm. And um, we would, you know, set aside maybe like four to five hours um, on writing days to find these songs. And sometimes we would try to write them with uh, the artists in mind in hopes that they would say yes uh, to collaborating with us. And so um, especially during COVID, it was really helpful to learn how to use Zoom and um, broadcast audio um, through Zoom, so people could hear our microphones and they could hear our, um, you know, our recording um, um, programs, you know, broadcasted through Zoom. So, so I do want to kind of talk a little bit about how you maintain that that level of of connection between other musicians, uh, even even remotely. And I think uh, Zoom might be an example of that, but. Uh, uh, how does that how does that replace the person to person experience? So let's hold that thought. We'll be right back at this short break to continue our conversation with, with both Chaz Umamoto and Josh Stevens from the Brews. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Chaz Umamoto and Josh Stevens of The Brews. And, of course, we're talking about uh, using the kind of technology that we all became very familiar with during the uh, COVID years and what uh, went into producing Good Catch. And, and Chaz, you were telling us uh, right before the break how, uh, you know, the tools like, uh, like Zoom and, and Slack. And I, I'm, I'm curious, you know, how do you maintain that sense of, of, of focus and, and interaction between people over a Zoom call 
when, you know, if you're in person and you're having that person-to-person dynamic, uh, there's a lot of energy that comes as a result of that. How do you translate that into a, an online experience and still achieve the kind of, you know, electricity that, that people would generate as a result of being together? Man, that's so... That's a very difficult question. I don't know, because I honestly hated it at first. I did not like writing songs over the phone call or, like, Zoom. Um, I think it was really hard. And um, I think one thing that really helped us is not always having to focus on the camera. Um, We would all share a Google document of every song. um, And so we could see in real time, everyone could edit the Google document and hear one another, you know, over Zoom, but mm-hmm. just visually seeing the document and writing the song and editing it, um, I think that eliminated a lot of um, distractions or, yeah, I'm I not see. sure. I think there was something about, like, not having to, like, look into the camera constantly, so it didn't feel like a work meeting, you know, all the time. Right, right. And so, uh, Josh, I mean, these these sort of four- to five-hour sessions, are are they sessions that everybody is online together basically contributing to the song like uh like Chaz was talking about you know you got the Google Doc open you you know everybody's mm-hmm. maybe dropping in uh some some lyrics or something and people are playing various uh um uh portions of their of their respective uh you know pieces in that song i mean how does that how does that 4 to 5 hour session work oh uh absolutely everybody's uh, it depends on if we started the process with a certain beat or a certain instrument in mind. Sometimes we'll just start it with a playing guitar. Other times we'll already have a track where we're writing with our um, co-writers or collaborators. But um, it varies on every song. And I totally agree with Taz that um, everybody being on the same document, Google Docs, like really made a huge difference on working in COVID. Me as a uh, introvert, though, when, when COVID started, uh, honestly, it didn't even affect my uh, mental state too much, to be honest, because alone time is something that I, like, love, which is interesting. You know, I, I, I get it. I mean, I I kind of like the, the aloneness uh, as well. So, you know, being in COVID uh, wasn't wasn't as big of a traumatic, you know, traumatic experience. Uh, mm-hmm. so, 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 Josh, you know, when, when um, uh, producing, well, developing the song and the concept and you know getting getting uh the 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 song kind of uh uh rolling on the let's say the 4 to 5 hour sessions what ultimately takes place when you now have to record it i mean what do you guys do you guys uh record it at home send a track to somebody else i mean how does it ultimately all come together uh when covid first started um requested a couple of different artists to record it on their own. Um, one of them was um, Michelle, is that right, um, guys? Yeah, let's uh, keep her last name anonymous. <laughs> yeah, and then... Um, <laughs> and, uh, so that was how we started, and then as well, um, I would just record myself in my bedroom. And, and uh, Chaz, I mean, how did... What is your vantage point of this? I mean, were you recording stuff kind of on your own and then and then sort of passing it around? Yeah, so between Josh and I, like, we both have, you know, decent home studios. You mm-hmm. know, we have a lot of equipment that we've um, 
garnered over the years. And um, we would write a song, and we're very much, you know, traditionalists when it comes to songwriting for the most part. We, we don't need to write and produce all the music. We just want to write it on the piano or the guitar. Um, and I guess we're doing that over Zoom. But um, once we have the song set, right, all the lyrics, all the melodies, the chords, um, Josh can take that from a little voice memo that we make, um, and he can create the foundational um, elements and arrangement. And him and I would just record different parts for the song and just send it back and forth to each other. So he would record everything, you know, and send all the individual pieces he would record and send it to me, and then I would work on it, and then I would send it back to him. Um, I've heard of people doing this in, the in like, the 90s, but it was on CDs. They would, like, mail CDs to each other. Right, right. Um, <laughs> and I guess, like, now we can just, like, put it in a box folder and just, like, send the link to the box folder. So it is very convenient. Um, now, and it is our preferred way of working on a lot of things where when we're developing the, the music, we, we just constantly send things back and forth, you know. Um, that collaboration, that synergy that Josh and I have, um, whether it's in the same room or working remote, there's something that happens when we um, relinquish to one another, mm-hmm. you know, and we trust each other to mm-hmm. mess up the other person's work. Um, I think that conflict is what makes our music um, better in the long run. Now, you know, I just thought this is kind of uh, kind of geeky, but uh, you mentioned Box, and, and I, I noticed a lot of people are using Box. I mean, when did when did Box become the popular... Uh, place to drop files as opposed to like Dropbox or, or you know, any other. Oh, <laughs> man, shout out to Imo Garza, um, who turned me on to Box in 2014 mm-hmm. when I was working on a Strictly Kittens record. And I would say to this day, I have used Box. We have a subscription. We're about to upgrade to like unlimited storage. And the thing that I love about Box and what I've realized is that there's more music and media um, collaborators using it over the other options because it's so easy to navigate it's so easy to share um you can right click and drag things so the functionality for the for like a user that's totally green and not used to using online storage that's what makes it awesome you know like you can it just it's kind of like apple products right it's designed um to take the guesswork out of you know navigating that uh platform yeah and so uh Real quickly, where can people find out more about The Bruise and your new album? Um, you can stream our album on all um, digital streaming platforms, anywhere you get music digitally. Um, just look for The Bruise. The album's called Good Catch. And you can go on our Instagram, and there's like a little link tree there. Um, they'll send you to all of our contacts and um, different sites. Right on. Chaz Uomoto and Josh Stevens. And, of course, they're with the band called Bruise. I want to thank them for joining us tonight. And, of course, thank you for listening to Bite Mars Cafe. Join us next week. We want to talk about the growing need for uh, more cloud computing. Of course, uh, if you missed any part of this edition, you can find a podcast of tonight's show on bitemarscafe.org. Our engineer is David Chong. And catch us on HBR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HBR app or your favorite podcast application. You stay safe. You stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Mars Cafe. And, of course, we'll leave you with the lead, lead track on Good Catch called Glowing.
blowing.